out there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Second period. Nice try, Steve. You turn the music down. I think that's going to make me start talking. It was a nice try. It was just a reaction. It was a nice try. <clears throat> you know me, multitasking. Yeah. Uploading the first hour. Stomping Tom, you know. It's okay. I also was, I also was multitasking. I, I just, I don't know. I just thought, well, he's going to start talking, so nah, I nah, nah. it down. You know the My job. bad. Well, hey, buddy, yesterday we had the headset thing, right, with, yeah. with Jason in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you t- we we were juggling grenades with the pin out. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> if, people, if people only knew half the crap that goes on. <laughs> it, 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 the, the, the last week has taken like three months. Oh, man. I, yesterday was one of these. It's funny. It, it was just one of those days. I had like 11 fires that, you know, nothing bad, but things I had to deal with instantly. But we do the sports book radio show, and we've got a clock we have to hit for the network so the breaks are only three minutes long right right so we go to break and every commercial i'm you know i'm trying to get something done in two and a half minutes and then they got to start talking it was just one of those days hey i gotta do a well we'll do this in a second steve carps here it's vegas hockey island we're down at the superbook and this joint is ready to roll people are signing up for the super contest football central on sunday They've got a sign-up bonus going on if you don't have the app. If you're coming in from out of town, you consider staying here, get the app. There's a sign-up bonus going on for new customers. Jay Cornegay was on with us in the first hour. Thanks to Andy Isco and Ken Thompson. Fun couple of hours. Now we turn our attention to hockey. But, I've, you know, i got to be honest. I've yet to come down here. Well, I'm watching the European tour. Okay, so this is actually my first good peek at it. It's pretty good. I can only imagine what the Masters looks like on one of these big screens. But I mean, a Golden Knights game or a hockey games on these big screens has to be nuts. And it's amazing. I mean, no matter where you're sitting in the joint, you can see everything. Like Victor Hovland just hit it in the ditch. Hit it in a creek. The other side of the joint, U.S. Open's on. I mean, horse racing's on. So we love coming down here. Alright, so we're going to turn our attention to the hockey side of things. Steve Carp is here. Uh, Steve's got a, an announcement. He's got a new deal, a little hockey thing we're going to talk about. Before we do that, i, I got to ask this question. This is a, a unofficial poll with you two clowns. I'm not looking for a pat on the back because Mama did her best. I mean, I'm an idiot, but Mama raised me well, and it was the right thing to do. Between shows, I'm walking to the far end of the property, and I kick something in right in the middle of the, the floor. And I look down, I reach down, pick it up. It's some guy's wallet. All right, now, and it, it wasn't like a, a big full wallet. It was like a half wallet, and his pictures on it, and a driver's license. And I think I think this guy came here ready to roll for the first week in the NFL. There's some serious cake in the wallet. All right? So I'm like, well, what do I do? 
I had seen uh, Jay happened to be corner gay, so I walked up. He said, "Yeah, I could, he's no, I better not tell you. He's the security guard." So I'm going to give it to the security guard, and I'd seen the guy's name. And I, as I'm walking by, the guy, somebody says his name, or I heard him say wallet. And I looked and I said to the guy, is this your name? And he goes, yeah. I go, here, Merry Christmas. He gave him his wallet and walked away. You know, I was like, so the, my, my, my unscientific poll is, I ain't looking for a pat on the back. I would like to think someone would have done that for me, and it's the right thing to do. But what do you, what do you think that guy's odds were of getting that wallet back? <laughs> Pretty slim. Yeah, I would say for Vegas, uh, the won't get back would be the heavy favorite. Longer than the Cowboys tonight. Yeah, no, I mean, well, it's sad, though. That's what did, I, that did I, the guy, I... Did the guy at least give you a little oh, something? I was in a hurry. Up? I said, here, Merry Christmas. He goes, oh, my God, thank you. He's like, oh, my God, thank you. Oh, at least he thanked you. Well, he said, thank you. Oh, oh, that's but something. I, 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 no, no, that's no. I, I know people wouldn't even have done that. But I was just—I mean, I mean, honestly, I mean, think about how devastating that would be. You lose your cards, your driver's license, and forget the money. Yeah. You know, I mean, pain in the neck. Anyway, I'm not like I said. I'm not looking for a pat on the back, but I'm just curious. Well, good what, job by you. Well, no, I'll I'm, give you a pat I'm on not, the back. Uh, I'm, I'm just curious, though. That, I won't give I, you a hundred bucks for th- it, but th- I'll give you a, a you, pat on the back. You think it's, you think it's less than fifty percent would do that? Yes. Yeah. I don't have much faith in mankind anymore. All right. Well, I used to. I'm not the I'm just throwing it out there be. because, honestly, it's like it's one of those things. I'd like to think someone would have done that for me. I would hope so. I would hope so. All right. Anyway. I remember I lost my phone at Belmont once, and a guy found it, and he wound up getting it back to me. Well, that's good. All right. So. Anyway. Just sorry for the aside. I just I was it's more okay. I was more thinking about what most people would do. <laughs> I mean, it never crossed me out. It didn't cross my mind. I'm like, hey, here's your thing. You know. <laughs> All right, so you got a new gig uh, on the hockey well, side. Me, What's the me, deal? Uh, I'm proud to announce that uh, I accepted a job yesterday as the Golden Knights beat writer for VegasHockeyNow.com, which is a website that's been around for about a year, but it's been kind of dormant. It hasn't really been active and that's going to change well it already started to change today uh, as I posted my first story I'll be posting stuff all year uh, on the Golden Knights on the Silver Knights on the NHL trade rumors injury stuff lineup stuff power play issues (laughs) I got a funny feeling that that's not going away anytime soon plenty of material there Steve yeah, Stevie, and uh, so we're very excited. I'm part of a network of, I think there's 12 cities that have a Hockey Now website, and Vegas is obviously one of them, and it gives me a chance to get back to doing hockey full-time, like I did when I was at the RJ. Cool, man. No. You know, but I, I do also want to thank Ken Bulky and Jason Pothier, for letting me be part of the Sinbin team yeah. the last three years. I had a blast working with those guys. It was so much fun. And uh, as I told Ken yesterday, I said, look, I hope we remain friends. And he said, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, Tim Demers, you won't be better my, than I got. You won't be my friend if you don't turn that phone off. Yeah. 
I meant to do that. Focus, by the way. <laughs> focus, yeah. Steve. Oh, no, I'm just teasing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, no, that's cool. Good for you. So, so, um, so we got the hockey side of things. How about the? By the way, Stevie, one more time, and, and folks that maybe stuck with us through the back end of the sportsbook radio. Give that breaking news that you had on football because this is this is unbelievable. And Raiders fans, you want to perk up and listen to this one. All right, so it's Edwards, the running back, and I forget the cornerback Peters. now. Peters. Okay, Peters. Both suffered what the Ravens fear are significant knee injuries at practice today, so much so that they, they shut down practice and immediately got those guys, you know, to a, a, a medical center of some sort, whether it's a hospital, to get those knees looked at. I'm wondering, and, though, if he, I mean, I guess it's a shock to the system and maybe you don't tempt fate, but it's almost like could they possibly have been concerned about the field conditions, you know, or something? Maybe. R- Rappaport said that they, they shut it down be- because of the injuries and they wanted to get those guys looked at immediately. Um they, they are afraid right now that already uh, that, that Edwards may be a season ender. And you think about that bunch. They'd already been decimated at running back. And so Edwards, they, they, yeah, he can, he can lug them out. Then they went and get Le'Veon Bell, had him on the practice squad. So at least they got a guy that, you know, possibly can play in game one. They're going to have to... They're probably going to be making a swing and a deal here soon. I know Houston's got a bunch of running backs. I'll be selfish. I got stuck with David Johnson on my fantasy team. And I had heard whispers that Baltimore may have been looking at him to begin with. I mean, if that deal gets pulled up, I might have won the lottery if David Johnson ends up with the Ravens. Oh, well. It's all about me, Steve. (laughs) So, speaking of injuries... Sidney Crosby. Wrist, yeah. He's not getting any younger. And uh, that's one setback Pittsburgh did not need. And Malkin's out, too, at the beginning. Yeah, and look, you know. You can play yourself out of the playoffs in the first month. You can. I don't think they will, but it's certainly it's not going to be an ideal situation for Mike Sullivan. Who, by the way, is the U.S. Olympic coach, mm. and maybe he won't. You know, he'll have to face Crosby probably in China in February. I'm assuming he'll make Team Canada, and it's—I don't know. You get an injury like that early, maybe you bounce back. He's had wrist injuries before. Talk about Sid. If you th- if you think about it. So he might be able to get by without him for a month. I'll tell you what, if I'm Pittsburgh, I need Jason Zucker to kind of step up now. Time for him to really take on a big role offensively for the Penguins. By the way, by the way I'm just watching the big screen here. I apologize for bouncing all over the place. Uh, it's a crawl on one of the big screens here at the Superbook. Those injuries happened on back-to-back Plays, Stevie. Today? Yeah. Edwards and Peters, back-to-back plays. Could you imagine the shock to the system? No. For that team? No. Wow. Okay, so the Crosby thing, the irony is, sure, something could have happened. You know, he's getting ready for camp and he did something. But, I mean, the Austin Matthews thing, 
who played with a bum wrist last year. He missed games with a bad wrist. Yeah. And then Matthews waits till halfway through the summer to get his wrist worked on. Is that just like a, a goofy coincidence? or You know what I think it is? I think players want more ownership over their bodies. And Well, Eichel's showing you that. Well, I, I was about to say Eichel is exhibit A. They want to have their people look at them and attend to them rather than the team doctors. And, yeah, maybe they take it as a second opinion, but their first opinion, it seems to be my guy telling me what he thinks or she thinks, and then we'll get the team's opinion on it. I can tell you some old-time stories about that stuff. I mean... There, there. No, I ain't gonna name names, but there was one team doctor, and like the guy be be lying in the field writhing in pain, and the team doctor would come out, and this guy'd get up and run away. I mean, <laughs> oh I, yeah, yeah, I don't want this guy anywhere near me. But then there was the philo- philosophic stuff, where I know hockey, some of the hockey players. When uh, chiropractic became a thing, teams did not believe in the chiropractic thing. Team doctor, team doctor, and guys would sneak to get treated by a chi- chiropractor, do it kind of on the sly, do it on their own. I mean, it wasn't going to hurt them, but it could help them. And I'll, I'll never forget the story because I had a slip disc, and my back was bad for a lot of years. And there are good ones and bad ones out there. And sure. I had a bad one. The guy, I mean, I was a mess. Then found the right one, and the guy changed my life you and fixed life. me for yeah. for twenty plus years. The, my all the back problems I ever had, no bueno, they're gone. Yeah. I, I'm good. And this guy, this chiropractor, he told me a story. It was the Giants. You'll appreciate this being a Giants fan. Super Bowl 25, Norwood missed the kick, blah, blah, blah. People remember that. But there was the, a chiropractor that the team had embraced, and he gave Sean Landetta a, a chiropractic adjustment at halftime of the game. And he came out in the third quarter, and Landetta had like a 58-yard punt or something that changed field position. After the game, they had the chiropractor, you know, they – up on their shoulders holding the Lombardi trophy. Getting him for a ring. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, yeah. he got a ring. But it's funny. Like, the, yeah. the Eichel thing, you know, fans are fans. And, you know, oh, this guy's cool. Whatever. If he's thinking about himself, first of all, from the health perspective, the, the issue with him is the fusion surgery will take longer for him to get back in in the short term. The other one... A little bit of an unknown because an actual NHL player has never had it done. He would come back sooner. But for Eichel, his stance is the fusion surgery is a permanent thing. Yeah. So, yeah, he'll come back. There'll be stability and he'll play. But there's the belief it would shorten his career on the back end. And you'd need multiple fusion surgeries. So, I mean, that's what his guys are telling him. Right. And then maybe, who knows? Today's players, they have their own inner circle. And that includes a strength guy, a nutritionist, and yes, doctors that they believe in 
and whose word they take over the team physician. Because they always think the team's got an ulterior motive. It's all about the team, not the player. So if I'm Buffalo or any team, Pittsburgh with Crosby, whoever, I'm letting the player trust this. This is something that maybe the Players Association is going to need to collectively bargain with the league to give players freedom of choice when it comes to their medical treatment. You don't like it, do you? You like no, no. I, I mean, there. Put two, yourself in Eichel's shoes. No, though, I get it. There, I yes. well, I get it. There are two sides to a coin. Yeah. Put yourself in the organization's shoes. Right. He's a he's a eighty million dollar asset, mm-hmm. and if what he decides to do goes awry, they're still paying him eighty million bucks and get nothing on the back end. Yeah. If he does what they tell him to do, he's getting the eighty million, but they're having a say in their asset. Yeah. I mean, I understand. Yeah, I think the mentality today with with athletes, and it doesn't matter what sport it is, is they want complete control over every facet of their lives on the ice and off of it. Whether it's social media to control the message, or Doctors and other things to control their physical bodies and and their health. My friend, you've got the same, listen, you've got the same debate going on here in just everyday life now. And that's private businesses are telling people, you want to work, you're getting vaccinated. It's the exact same thing. They're the boss. You want to work here, you got to do what I'm telling you to do. I mean, that's going on in, that's, that's, that's what's coming. Yet Eichel is resistant to that, right? His employer is telling him, yeah, okay, you're hurt, and you got hurt on our watch. We'll tell you how to treat it. And he's saying, well, no, not really. The only, I want to do it my way. Well, the only way. And they, they have obviously not been able to come to any kind of agreement on it. Well, it's a collectively bargained thing. I that's mean, what I'm saying. Right, that's the, the other thing is, back. though, then, should, should players... Should these guys be taking out insurance policies on themselves? That's a good question. I hadn't thought about that. Would it trump, though, the uh, the team's medical policies? All right, Eichel takes out, you know, whatever. Well, the, the problem is if the guy, if, if, yeah, it's, it's not like if the guy's got a compound fracture or something. The guy said, oh, no, I'm hurt. I can't play. And he wa- he walks and collects the insurance for doing nothing. Okay. Well, all right. Let's let's take Alex Tuck for instance in his shoulder. Okay. He had surgery. Maybe he felt, or he could have felt that avoiding surgery, just rehabbing it through physical therapy, and whatever else, maybe acupuncture or something, would have been a better way to go. And and the Golden Knights might have said, "Ho ho ho! Wait a second. Hold on now." We have our medical people who've examined you. Our doctors say you need to have surgery in order to be back on the ice. If you want to have acupuncture or something, that's that's your business. But if you want to play for us and you're still in the contract, you're going to have surgery on the shoulder. Now, I'm not sure they ever had this conversation. I'm just using him as an example. He opted for surgery. We'll see him in January or late December. And... I can segue into this. Tuck's 
unavailability opens up a spot for somebody to come out of this rookie tournament and into training camp in a couple of weeks. Mr. Krebs, I'm well, thinking well, about. Well, Krebs is going to make it. Uh, but I think the, oh, you think he he's on the opening night roster against Seattle? Oh, absolutely. He was going to oh, really? be. On, he was on their playoff roster if he didn't get a broken jaw. Things have changed. Well, I mean, what he got Noel a broken jaw? Patrick is there. Well, all the changes was eating Jello through a straw for four months. He's, no, 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 no. Hold on a second. Hang on. The Knights have other people vying for that opening. Okay. So he's not a slam dunk to make the team out of training camp. Are you playing Krebs at center or on the wing? I think he's a center. He can play the wing, but I think his his NHL future is at center. Let me okay. let me throw one at you. But how about how about Patrick at center? And Krebs at, with Krebs his, playing Krebs playing his flank. Krebs Krebs playing the off wing with Yanmark maybe. Yeah. I personally don't have a problem with that. I, I think although the board, they would love to identify I think center should, depth that they I think there's no doubt in my mind Krebs as long as he's healthy will be playing most of the preseason games with the Golden Knights. And I'd like to think that Pete DeBoer will give him some time on the wing as well as at center. Because remember they, they sit guys every night and run other guys in and and stuff, I I I do think he gets a fair and good shot to make the team out of training camp. I just think there's only there's maybe one or two spots open, and your guy Korzak, who we both love and think he's gonna be a really good player in this league for a long time. McPhee will cook him for a while, but he may find himself at Henderson yeah. and Dylan Coughlin. Is that seventh guy in that Nick Holden role, if you will? Well, I mean, the role he had actually—he did play 29 games last year mm-hmm. with the Knights. I'm talking about Coughlin. Mm-hmm. So Coughlin could be that seventh guy because your D is set. You know, Petrangelo, Martinez, Theodore McNabb, um, White Cloud, and Hank. You got your your six. You're there. All right. Until Tuck comes back, there there is competition. For that open spot. And, yes, Peyton Krebs should get a full look in training camp. I believe he will. Oh, look, Stevie, you want to chime in on that, feel free. But I, I guess my question is, would you kick the tires on this? We know what Stevenson is, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Nothing wrong. I mean, and that first line was really, really, really good. But we know what, how it ended. See, I think, and we've had this debate, they're all about, you know, racking up points and winning. You're in the Pacific Division, for God's sake. You know, you're going to get the points. Use the regular season. Let's, let's massage this. See what you got. Would you, Stevie, I'll let you go first. Would, would, would you consider giving Patrick or Krebs even a look between Pacioretty and Stone? I wouldn't consider it, Brian. I would do it. There you go. I would also. Why not? I mean, and oh, by the way, wouldn't be the, either one of those guys playing between those two guys? Wouldn't it be if it's Patrick? Wouldn't it be the the kick in the pants and the jump start he needs 
And what a way for Krebs to make a splash in in transition in being surrounded by those two guys. Well, if you remember, they did play Cody Glass between Pacioretty and Stone. A yeah, but these bit. two guys can skate. Yeah. Well, I have Sorry, no problem. I, I have no problem with trying either Nolan Patrick or Peyton Krebs in the middle, flanked by Pacioretty and Stone. No problem at all. Because, like you say, you know what you've got in Chandler Stevenson. Okay, if you need to slot him back in with those two, off you go. You're fine. But it would. I think you're right about Nolan Patrick. I think psychologically, it would be good for him to have some success early on, especially in the preseason, and kind of get him moving in the right direction for October 12th when the season opens. I agree with you too, Brian. I would do it during the regular season as well. I, we'll see it in the preseason because we saw it um, with Glass in the preseason. So I think we'll see it in the preseason for sure. I, I would do it in the regular season for, you know, kind of make, make some lines and see what you got, like you're saying. But I don't think Vegas will do that. They don't tend to do that in the regular season unless they're trying to get somebody going. Let me, let me throw a weird one at you. How about, how about this for a third line? How about Stevenson between Dadinoff and Krebs? Yeah, again. I mean, I, you know, give this stuff a look. Yes, absolutely. Because as you say, in in that division, there's no worries about the Knights making the playoffs. So absolutely, give anything a look during the regular season if you think it might work, and then see what you got. Then you know. Then you know going to the playoffs exactly what works and what doesn't work. Well, I, I think the, the preseason is going to be important because it allows the board to play bad scientist to a point with, that, with his lines. Obviously, Carlson, Smith, March or so, that's not changing. But certainly your first line, whether it's Krebs, whether it's Patrick, centering for those two. And and the third line, you have many options. You know, we haven't even talked about the kid from the Rangers that they brought in. Howden. Howden. So you've got, you got a lot of options. But again, ultimately, you're still talking about one spot, maybe two at the most, until Tuck comes back and, and you know, Late in December, early January. So I think DeBoer will look at a lot of different things. I'm sure when we talk to him in a week or so before training camp opens, uh, I know I will ask him, if someone doesn't beat me to it, about this very thing, about how you want to shape your competition for those one or two spots on your roster. So... The other guy, Carpy, is yeah. is this Bartsky guy that they got, uh, you know, from Vancouver. He he had some decent seasons in Vancouver, not great, but decent. So so you want to give him a look too to to see on what line he might work. Maybe he doesn't work, and maybe he's, you know, maybe he moves on well, or something. But give know, him a look. I think you could have a very interesting fourth line, with you know, with Carrier, Yanmark, Nick Waugh, who we haven't talked about either, you know. Nick Wall was, I thought, made some progress last year. I thought he was pretty good in the playoffs, too. So I think his confidence in his game has gotten better. And he may not be satisfied you know, being a fourth-line centerman. He may find himself trying to compete for uh, time on the third line. 
So you've got all sorts of possibilities here, even though you have so few spots that are open on the roster. That doesn't mean you can't experiment and, and give looks to guys to see how they respond. We had this discussion yesterday, or the last couple of days. And again, we keep, it's in relation to what we saw in the first year, mindset, more intangible stuff. Are they having fun? You know, whatever. It's, it's, but DeBoer, his approach, and, I, and I'm, I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong, but do you believe this team is gets a bug down a little bit like i mean is it a system more of a system oriented thing are they playing a, a real system as opposed to letting the skill go do you think more so i mean i know the first year was the first year is a different thing but i mean it was, it was breaking out tilting the ice on teams i mean they still did a lot of the good things they had that resilience and they bounced back and you know, they, they did great in overtime I mean, there were a lot of good things that happened. I mean, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just trying to, it's been a long time since we've done the compare and contrast DeBoer Gallant. And well, the they're team. very different people, first of all. Yeah, but I mean on the ice. I'm, I'm more talking about the ice. No, they're, they, they're certainly, their structure is different under DeBoer, especially in their own end. They've become a lot more responsible the defensemen, I mean, they led the league in blocked shots last year. You know, 15, a little over 15 could a I, game. Could you not, and you're right, but could you not say, oh, by the way, they got a lot better players now. Well, I mean, that's Theodore's that, grown. Petrangelo's a monster. Right. Right? Well, Schmidt's not there. Okay, Schmidt's gone. McNabb's the steady stay-at-home guy. Right. And white clouds growing up right in front of your eyes. Right. No, your defense is better because you have better personnel. So are they better but defensively the same, because of the system or because of the players? I think there's a little bit to be said for both. And let's look at the offensive side of things. Okay. In year one, you had James Neal. You had David Perron. You had Eric Halla. And Carlson had... Great seasons offensively. And I'll throw March or so into the mix. Okay? Of those people, who's left? Carlson and March or so. Halla gone. Perron gone. Neil gone. Okay? Gallant gone. Almost two years now. So the way they attack is a lot different. And the people they attack with are certainly different from year one. So I know everyone likes to compare what's happening now to what happened then. Everything has changed dramatically. It's almost a 180-degree turn when it comes to the way the Golden Knights approach playing hockey now to what in year one. They're much more physical now. They take the body more. They ask more of their forwards to come back and help. Galan always talked about the quote-unquote 200-foot game, and he would point to Carlson, Riley Smith, and guys like that. But, you know, you watch them the way they play every night. It's a very different style of play than what we saw in year one. Do you think they, I mean, 
you know, it's a long, it's a eighty-two games a lot. But do you think they take the body? I mean. They're kind of more of a hybrid. I don't know. I mean, you know Carrier, and we'd seen Carrier. Well, the fourth line when Reeves was there and Carrier. Yeah. yeah they, they were. Well, the fourth line. Okay, yes. Yeah. I'm, but, I mean, above and beyond that. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I did. I, I thought I thought Pacioretty was more physical. Stone, more physical. Pacioretty's got a, a, got a little. He. A little nasty in him. He's got a he's got a little snark to his game. Oh, like yeah. yeah, he he get under your skin. Oh, you know, he's yeah, he's. Yeah. I mean, he'll he'll push the envelope a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I remember in the Montreal series, and Danielle was you know kind of shadowing those guys and you know. See, honestly, if you want if you want a big disappointment, and I hey, sorry. <laughs> no, we're gonna stand here and you're. First year said, hey, okay, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. He was hurt all that first year. Said the guy was no $7 million hockey player. Then he was. Okay. He must have been hurt the previous year. Lighting a lamp, putting a puck in, doing all things. Okay, this is what they traded for. Then full marks all last year. If, if you wanted one, honestly, and I don't know that we've talked about this enough. If you want, wanted one real thing that torqued you about, it's easy to say, Flurry treated the puck like it was radioactive and gave a game away, which happened. But the other thing is, Montreal was chirping Pacioretty up. Oh, yeah. They were talking him up and down sideways and all over him. And they were riding him like Seabiscuit. But he didn't really, wouldn't you think he'd go off? In an environment like that, he didn't. He got into a scrub or two. He yeah, did. but I mean, no, I mean, I'm talking. I mean, he had dropped the gloves and go I don't with care about, I'm, not, I'm talking about the scrum. I'm like, I, you know, I want like, I want like five goals in a series from the guy. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, you're yapping at me. Okay, here, take this. Yeah. He he didn't. They needed him in that series. Right. And I see what you're I'm, I'm, did he wilt under them? Did they get under his skin? I mean, nobody's talked about this. You got to make him available to talk. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of thing where you would think yeah. By the a way, guy who's one of your big guys. Okay. Well, we thought, first of all, you're going against your old mates. Today's the anniversary of the trade that brought Pacioretty to Vegas and sent Suzuki Tatar in the, who the second hell round. Who, who knows stuff like that? What, you I do because I saw it on Twitter. What was I going to say? Uh, Somebody up in Montreal tweeted it. <laughs> hey, it pays to be on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it pays to be on Twitter. By the way, <laughs> by the way, uh, speaking of Twitter, uh, if you're following me at SteveCart56, please also follow me on at Vegas Hockey Now, so we can get our Twitter count up there, and uh, that way you won't miss any of the stuff that I uh, put out on the team on the site. All right, cool. So there you go. I already but, have, and I retweeted. So now two extra people are following you. Well, that's good, Stevie. I appreciate. it. Appreciate the support. <laughs> Thank welcome. you very much. You're welcome, bud. Good point by Brian about Pacioretty, but again, yeah. every, everybody needs to score on this team in the playoffs. I'm tired of hearing, yeah, no, I, we, no, we, we I, need I, to step up our game. No, I get all that. I get all that. But, I mean, yeah, don't skate by this, though. No, you're right. I'm not, no, it's a fair point. I'm, I'm just, I mean, honestly, he, don't, he did get what? He had one... He, 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 but it was honestly, I'm not saying, hey, he made the play. 
Didn't he set up the, the overtime winner But when they had, I believe, I'm, now I'm going from memory. Remember they had the long shift at the start of overtime? Yeah, I think you're right. They had the real long shift mm-hmm. where they dominated and they were worn out and Pacioretty came out on the line change when they had them pinned and got it to the front of the net. Who the heck put it in? Was it Wah? Wah, right? It was Didn't, Wah. Wah. Wah put it in. Yeah. And Pacioretty got it to the front of the net, but he jumped on at the end of the shift. But I, I'm just saying... I mean, this guy, he should have been, okay, I can say a goalie was hot or, or whatever, and it, it, it didn't go in, but he should have been one of the most notable, noticeable players in the series against his old mates, and it didn't happen. I, I don't know. I, just, I'm not, I think we kind of glossed over that, and I don't think we should have. Yeah. I, I'm of the belief that teams take on the character of their coach. If a coach is ebullient and... and Fun-loving. Wait a minute, I gotta look up Ebulent. His players will take on that persona. In Vegas's case, I think they are more serious under DeBoer. Uh, you know, if we get back in the locker room in the next few weeks, I'm gonna be real curious to see what the tone is in that room, Brian. And if you remember, let's go back to year one and even into year two under Gallant. That was a fun locker room. You had some fun guys who really were engaging, good to talk to, starting with Fleury, but you had guys like Pierre-Edouard Belmar. You had Perron, who was a character. Um, Colin Miller was great to deal with. Nate Schmidt. John Merrill, and of course, Nate. Absolutely. Okay? I don't. Those guys are all gone now. I don't know that when we go into the room, Stevie, that we're going to have that kind of loosey-goosey, fun thing where they got the football on the TV or the golf and they're chirping about this or that. Uh, I don't know if that flies anymore with this team. Completely agree. Flurry's now gone also. And you're spot yeah. on. You're spot on about a team taking the personality of its coach. It's not more evident than Trotz in Washington and then with the Islanders. Oh, my goodness. That, that Islander room, they rallied around their coach. He won them over. And, you know, that's why all these guys wanted to come back. That's why Zach Parisi wanted to play on the island and take a, a major haircut. Okay, I don't know if Parisi helps the Islanders much at this point of his career, but I know he'll be motivated to get out of Minnesota and get away from Dean Everson. I'm sure he'll be a better player in, on the Islanders than he was in Minnesota with the Wild. And how about, Steve, the huge difference in Ovechkin when Trotz was there? Oh, my God. He, he actually got Ovechkin to play defense. Yes. How many blocked shots did Ovechkin have in the final against the Knights? He was blocking him. He was everywhere. It shocked me. I've never seen him play like that. I I, I never recalled Ovechkin being a defensive uh, stalwart. No. But here he is. He's blocking shots. He's taking the body. He's helping his D. I mean, so, he really became a complete player under Barry Trotz. So you're right. Now, the Knights are completely different under DeBoer than they were under Gallant. It doesn't mean they're bad. They're worse. They're different. There's a big difference. All right, and time will tell, and we will see in the months ahead 
if they are indeed better with everybody. Look, Petrangelo should be better from day one. All right? He's fully acclimated into the system, living here. He's got five kids. He should be a lot more comfortable. Okay? Dadanov, I think, will be okay, even though he came from Florida and, and stuff. I think he'll be okay. Bringing Martinez back, I think, gives the organization a boost. He's well-liked in the room, and I think he's going to help them. So when you look at this, and, and obviously Nolan Patrick, I think, will find himself feeling a little more positive about things because I think in Philly, uh, Vigneault lost confidence in him, and Patrick in turn lost confidence in himself. So I think all these things should allow the Golden Knights to get off to a good start, and then when Tuck comes back, they have it's like trading for a really good player. That's how you look at it. Also interested in Howden. That, that, that's the kind know, of... He's uh, kind of a wild card in all this, isn't he? But, but that's the player that the Knights have always hit on, isn't it? The, 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 they bring those kind of guys in, and they help the team. Yeah, kind of like Ryan Carpenter when they picked him right, up. Right, exactly. From San Jose, who I always thought was sold a little bit short by everybody. I thought he, he was pretty important to that team during that first season. He, he filled an important role. Did whatever Gallant needed him to do. Did it without complaint. Accepted whatever minutes he got. He fitted well in the room, too. Everyone liked uh, Ryan Carpenter. I agree. I love guys like that. You know, just Me too. turn him in the work hard. Yep. On, honest. Yep. You know. Absolutely. One of my favorite nights ever is Brad Hunt. I knew that there was something about that guy I liked a lot. There, there's another guy that was probably good in the room, right, Steve? Oh, the best. Listen, Brad Hunt. He was the best. Brad Hunt was, put it this way, everybody knows and had seen all the interviews with Nate Schmidt. Brad Brad Hunt was Nate Schmidt, maybe even, nah, they're about the same. I mean, no, honestly, I mean, as, as outgoing and lovable as Nate Schmidt was, Brad Hunt was the exact same guy. The problem was... You only get, got to see him a handful of times or right. heard from him a handful but of times. But never complained about his minutes or his role. No. Never. No. But just glad well, to be I always admire, and honestly, admire Holden, Hunt. Yes. Guys like that. You know, even Spees at times in the first. But guys yeah. like that, when Little when Spies you're on the shelf and, you know, we always talk about shaking off rink rust. I mean, those guys would come in off. You know, ten day, two week layoffs, and act and play like they played the night before. The other guy that deserves a lot of credit there, Brian, is McGill. McGill would work with those guys after practice to keep them sharp, so that they were ready when they had to step in. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. I'm going to be interested to see how life is without Ryan Reeves on the ice for this team. Is Keegan Colsar the new Reeves? Everyone assumes that. But it may take more than one guy well, to give them that. Jason Bothier heard a podcast or whatever. Don Cherry, Don Cherry, when the Penguins got rid of Reeves and, and he was coming here, said, "Big mistake. Watch what happens. Crosby will take a pounding, and you know Reeves is worth his weight in gold." To his credit, yep. Don Cherry just said, "Vegas will miss this guy." 
And and there's something to be said for that, Steve. Mm-hmm. You've got to form a pack mentality. Because the one thing that happens when you have a guy like Ryan Reeves, players will sit there and say, oh, he'll take care of that. Right. But if he's not here, then you better take care of it as a group right. and, and get that pack mentality. Do you remember his first game with Vegas? He was going too crazy Oscar against Lindbergh, the Kings. Oscar Lindbergh pitched fourth, got pitched fourth by Kyle Clifford. Yep. And who steps in to have? Right out of the game. He was trying to do too much. Oscar's back. Yeah, he he was. He was. I mean, the new guy. Listen, new players when they get traded, these guys try. You know, they'll score a goal or try to. This thing. He was looking for looking. He was defending Lindbergh. He was a little crazy, out of control because he was trying to do too much. Yeah, we took three penalties, I think, that night. Yeah, but and Galat did make a big deal. No, because he 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 knew he was trying too hard to make a statement. But no, but Kyle Clifford wanted no part of him. No, 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 no. So they, you know, it's something that they're going to have to deal with. And we'll see over the preseason and into opening night how this goes. All right. Good stuff. Thanks to Steve Carp. Jay Cornegay, the gang here at the Superbook, will be here every Thursday. So come on down. Uh, We'll have Playbook magazines, Kenny White Sports magazines we've got for you. And we'll be here again next Thursday. Bring them back because they're magazines you can use throughout the course of the season. KennyWhiteSports.com. I'm Mark Lawrence at PlaybookSports.com. Sign up for the Super Contest. you got the Football Central dealio going on in the theater on Sunday. It's going to be great. Sign-up bonus for the mobile app. It's so much fun coming down here. Thanks to Jay Cornegay, Rosemary Ray, everybody at the Superbook. Thanks to our buddy Steve Carp. Thank you, Stevie, for a job well done, my friend. You're welcome, Brian. Congratulations, Steve. All right. We're going to get the shows up for you at uh, SportsbookRadio.com. And listen. We're thinking of your ballpark. Hope you're feeling better. And TC's coming up in the on-deck circle.